Hello and welcome to Spiritually Queer with me, your host, Jane Lyon, where we talk about all things that intersect queer life and the spiritual path. We'll be exploring everything from sexuality to new age spiritualism, while of course keeping things rooted in tradition and celebrating queer liberation as human liberation. This is a warm and inclusive space for all to come and explore their queerness, their spirituality, and to live in devotion to creating a new earth. Shambhala is right here in front of us. Are you ready to dive in? Welcome to Spiritually Queer, the Spiritually Queer podcast <laughs> with me, your host, Jane Lyon. Today I'm doing a solo episode for you all. I am recording visually here on my iPhone and also recording audio here on my laptop, drinking a coffee out of a French press. Ooh, it's good. I'll be honest, it's good. You know your friends know you when you're house sitting for them or me sitting in their house for them. (laughs) And they say, Jane, I left you a French press and a jar of coffee. And it's like, how'd you know I'm a bitch for French press? How did you know that I want to make the biggest cup of coffee that I can to make it as strong as I want to, and then just fiend off of it all day? She's got one of those Nespresso machines, which are really fun. But when you need six cups of coffee like I do, those things, you just burn through them. You just feel wasteful, you know? And, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm, I'm dating someone new and I know you guys have all heard about it and I'm just not ready to share about her yet. But one thing is that, like, her job is being, like, the leading expert in coffee and everything that is happening around coffee and specifically the best tasting coffee and what makes it specialty. And I drink way more coffee than her. And as I'm any time now that I'm making coffee, I'm like, I wonder if this is awful. I wonder if I'm making terrible coffee. I wonder if she would be so ashamed of me. Yesterday, I ordered a flat white latte, and I texted her like, what the fuck is a flat white? She proceeds to tell me all of this Italian stuff that I knew nothing about and was like, wow. But the thing I love about her is that she's not like a snob. Like, she's not going to judge me for ordering a flat white and not knowing what it is. She's not going to judge me for making probably way too strong of a French press and drinking six cup of, like, cheap Chiapas coffee. She's... She doesn't care. So there's a little fun fact about this person that I'm crazy in love with. But, you know, this person, she gave me the idea. And also, honestly, all of my queer friends who are so committed to their healing journey are the ones who have inspired this episode today. Because this is a segment that I'm starting called The Enlightened Lesbian. Yes, The Enlightened Lesbian. And it's not because I am an enlightened lesbian. It's, there's a message behind the words, right? Just like there's a message behind the words spiritually queer. The enlightened lesbian is a queer person who is dedicated to her healing and her growth and her evolution. And I wanted to start this segment because my community is rife with wounded folks with wounded people who are deeply hurting, whose homophobia is deeply internalized, whose self-hatred is deeply internalized, whose transphobia is deeply internalized. And I won't even start the list of all the other things that might be deeply internalized. But 
You know, I said this in my very first episode of Spiritually Queer, just because you came out of the closet and are proud of being gay doesn't mean that you've done the deep healing work that needs to be done for our people that deeply need to be healed from the deep hatred that has been programmed into us. And I'm sure you guys have noticed that so much of my healing journey has been deprogramming so much of that self-hatred that I, I carried deep inside of me. So this segment, The Enlightened Lesbian, is going to be like my solo episodes where I share more with you guys about like where I'm at on my healing journey and also where I'm seeing, you know, my baby gays and my clients and my friends and those around me on their healing journeys. And also we have this amazing thing called social media and lesbian TikTok <laughs> to give us an idea of what is actually happening in our culture right now, where are our wounds arising and what do we do to heal them? You know, how can we actually be a stronger LGBTQIA community? really, really supporting each other, really, really understanding one another, really looking out for each other, and not pushing each other into a healing path, that's not what we're here to do, but holding space for each other in their healing journeys, and understanding each other, and creating a, can we come up with a new word for sisterhood? <laughs> Queersterhood, queer sisterhood? Everybodyhood, siblinghood, sibling, that word doesn't work. I'm sorry. We need a new word to do that. But, you know, spiritually queer is for all of my, my she's, gays, and they's who are dedicated to their healing journey and also really enjoying and celebrating the beautiful life that we get to live as queer people. And as queer people, what we get to do is we get to break down boundaries. We get to expand further than the heteronorm of life that we've been given. And as I say all the time, the more that we can liberate ourselves and create more freedom for ourselves, the more that we can liberate others. And I think that that's what we're here to do. Just like the Buddhist monk is sitting in meditation and in prayer all day to liberate all beings, the more free and liberated that I can live in my own queer life, the more free and liberated that everybody around me gets to be. So today I had like so many things that I wanted to talk about and, you know, topics like I've been like kind of planning this like enlightened lesbian episode. And then I also was journaling a lot this morning about like just what I've been going through here in Tulum. And I realized, you know, my original podcast, um, Lioness, the, the whole idea behind that show was for it to be an organic channel where I can just hop on and, you know, stream of consciousness very meditatively, very lovingly share with you what wants to come through. And so as I'm spending all week like outlining this episode and figuring out what I want to say and what I don't want to say and what I'll say for other episodes, I was just like, okay, we're going to scrap all of that and we're going to do what we used to do. We're going to hop on and we're just going to boop, hit record and see what comes through because the audience that I have, you guys, you're so precious. You're so precious to me and I feel like the best gift that I could give to you is just my presence and just like my authenticity and my honesty and I'm sure that after, you know, I just recorded four episodes with um, all different amazing beautiful guests 
and I'm sure that you guys would enjoy just a check-in from me and a chat with me um, with the with the full intention of just like loving on you like just reminding you that like you're not alone and that I'm thinking of you and that every day I'm I'm waking up and I'm 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 working for you you know and I'm I'm holding you in my heart and I'm asking myself like what do my listeners and my readers and my students and my clients um, need for me? You know, those of you who have been reading my solitary diary, um, that's where like my really, really private stuff has been uh, shared. And it's been so fun to actually kind of find these different levels of sharing my, my personal life with you in a way that feels empowering and secure to me because there's like a line right I want to be as authentic as I can I want to show up online like 100% truly Jane but there's also things that like I like to keep private and I like to keep like just for me and just for my life which is why as much as I want to just like shout to the world that I'm in love with like the most beautiful amazing woman ever like I'm also really wanting to keep that for myself for now because soon enough you know everyone will know and soon enough I'll tell everybody the amazing story but there's certain things that just want to stay in here. So I'm just feeling into what's really present for me. And whoever's listening, I just want you to take a breath in with me. And I just want to feel into your energy and where you're at right now. <sighs> yeah, there's like two main energetics here with me right now. And one of them is, y'all, the holidays. We're in the holidays. And actually, this is the first year that I am doing no family. I love my family and they know this, but something I've always wanted to do, always, before I even went to Brazil, before I even had my past relationship, something I always wanted to do was just fly to Mexico for Christmas, skip the whole Christmas thing, hang out on the beach, eat tacos, be in the sunshine, and just like skip all of it. Skip all of the obligation, all of the discomfort, all of the triggers to our past selves and this isn't to say that like my family is like a bad family or my family is a triggering place i want us to be able to have this conversation without worrying it's going to hurt our family's feelings because i kind of think that like my parents if they're listening which i'm assuming they're not um but they would get it you know like first of all i got a big old family in salt lake love them all um and it's a lot of like showing up and being there and a lot of chaos and a lot of stress and a lot of food and a lot of alcohol and a lot of kind of at the day wondering if like this is really what I wanted to do. If this is like really how I wanted to celebrate this time off that we take, you know, between Christmas and New Year's, most of us take that week off and we're busy. We're so busy. We got to go to this person's Christmas party and then we got to go to grandma's and then we got to go to our aunt's house and then we got to bring a pie to this place and then we got to we got to go get the rest of those gifts and then we got to like shovel our car out of the driveway because it's a blizzard and we're under five inches of five feet of snow and then we got to go skiing because it's the best snow we've ever seen and it's just like a lot of energy that I just am I've just never really been interested in I feel like as a kid I loved Christmas I loved Christmas as a kid and then I would always be heartbroken that it never quite turned out the way that I hoped it would because having Christmas in divorced families just never gelled. It never flowed. It never felt very good. And as I got older, 
and was like dating different girls and realizing now we're going to split our Christmases into even more. Now we're going to have international Christmases. Now we got to be with the family on the, in the hood. And now we got to be with the family on the coast. And now we got to be with the family in Salt Lake. Like this is getting way too much. Last, last year's Christmas, you guys can go back and listen to that episode. Was last year's Christmas not a foreshadowing to the rest of the year? Being alone in a foreign country without my partner, fending for myself, using my language skills. It's just interesting how my whole rest of the year ended up being that way. But this year, y'all, I decided I'm not gonna come home for Christmas. I'm done getting on planes. I've spent enough time on planes. I've spent enough money on flights. I am so grounded here in Tulum and I don't wanna go back. I don't think my family has a problem with it. I think they would let me know if they did and I really don't think they do. I think they completely understand and my mom's biggest concern was that she didn't want me to be alone. She was like, someone has to come and be with you. Someone has to come and be with you. Someone has to come and be with you. And she was getting very stressed out about the idea of me being alone on Christmas, even though I am very comfortable with being alone on any holiday, no matter what time of year, no matter what's going on. I'm very comfortable with being alone. And also, I'm, I don't feel very alone in Tulum. I've made some amazing friends, not a lot, but a couple. And um, even if I did end up being alone, I would be okay. You know, Christmas is the night that Jesus was born, right? The night that Virgin Mary gave birth to Jesus. And like, I have a deep connection with that story and with that prophecy and with all of that energy that I love to explore on my own and revisit on my own. And it's not something that needs to be shared with anybody. But I do, have a, I do have a visitor coming for me on Christmas this year. So don't you worry, you guys. I will be getting a, the best gift that I could get on Christmas. I will be getting that gift this year. And I just, I can't wait because I really feel like I'm having the Christmas that I've always wanted to have. I'm going to be with my best friends. I'm going to be on the beach. I'm going to be with a beautiful woman. We're going to be eating tacos and just enjoying the Yucatan. It's going to be amazing. So... Feliz Navidad! Um, but there's something else around family that's been coming up a lot in my teachings, a lot in my coaching work, a lot of just like the way that I'm supporting my friends and loved ones right now. And it's this idea that you don't belong in your family. And this kind of, this energetic that I'm feeling, it kind of comes along with this, this holiday energy, right? Why do we get so triggered around the holidays? Why does everyone always say the holidays are so hard? I remember this, this girl who was a friend, who was a coach also that I really, really looked up to. We would never hear back from her. We'd reach out to her. We'd love to grab dinner. We'd love to have a wine night. We miss you. Months later, you hear back from her. Sorry, babe. The holidays are always so triggering for me that I avoid everybody. And I just thought that is the most disempowering story to keep telling yourself. You shut down all of your friends because every year the holidays are triggering. So when are you going to change that story and open up to your friends and create a new reality around the holidays? That's what I'm doing. And it's hurting no one's feelings. And I'm not triggered. <laughs> I feel great. So that story really got me thinking, you know, about these stories that we hold on to, that we continue to tell ourselves about our family about the holidays, about what happens every year. Stop saying this happens every year. Please, please, please stop saying this happens every year. Every year she ends up drunk. Every year they end up in a fight. Every year by Christmas I'm crying. No, 
We're not writing that story anymore. I understand that very traumatizing things could have happened to you on Christmas in the past. The enlightened lesbian, the queer who is devoted to her healing, is letting go of all those stories of the past, is working on healing them and creating new stories of the future. And what I love that RuPaul always says is as gay people, we get something very special. We get to make our own family. We get to make our own traditions. We get to make decisions for ourselves because we don't have to stay wrapped up in that old paradigm. Again, the more I liberate myself, the more I'm liberating others. So it's not just queer people that get to change this. We all do. And also we get to change the way that we show up in our family. So this, is, this has been life-changing work for me and I wanna share more about it and I wanna see how this can ripple out and influence others. Very common root chakra imbalance is the belief that I do not belong in my family. The belief that I do not belong in my family is something I hear from all of my students, all of my clients. I hear it all the time. And why do I hear it all the time? Because my students and clients reflect back to me who I am. A lot of time we reach for coaches who carry our same trauma and the coach is either still living in that trauma, projecting it back to us, keeping us from growing, which happens a lot in the coaching industry, or that coach has truly, truly transcended that trauma, healed that trauma, learned from it, experimented, and is ready to guide others into that liberation. And so for me, that is absolutely something that I struggled with so hard. I do not belong in my family. I do not belong in my family. I'm a burden to my family. I was born into the wrong family. I don't fit in here. I'm invisible to them. They wish I weren't around. My life would be easier for them if I weren't around. Like all of these beliefs that I carried. Up until the point where after I came out of the closet, my family was so like shocked by it that I was like, I can't do this anymore. I shut down. I shut down and I actually spent three years away from my family. And a lot of you know this about my story. There's a lot of things that happened there. It wasn't just because I was gay, but you can read about that in the book I write someday. But I was like, dad, stepmom, sisters, I need some time away. And it was a very hard choice to make. I know that I hurt their feelings. I know that it hurt them in so many ways, but I had to no longer sacrifice myself to be loved by them and instead sacrifice that family to love myself and to be with myself and to honor myself and to figure out what the hell is going on in here that's making me believe so deeply that they don't love me and that, that I don't fit in here and that I'm a burden to them. Because essentially, I was creating that reality. I could sit here and preach and preach and preach that I did not belong in my family and here is the evidence and here is all of the trauma and here's all of the things that happened. But what I learned on my healing journey and lots of years of therapy is that I was creating that story that I did not belong, that I was not wanted, that I did not fit in, that I was a burden. I created that story and then I looked for evidence to prove that story true every time I was with my family. So then every time I left my family home, I would fall apart. I would break down because I would touch on all of the pieces of evidence that proved to me that I was not loved by them. And I couldn't be around them. I would break down constantly. Why? I had just come out of the closet. I was healing from an eating disorder. I was going through a spiritual awakening. I was not strong in myself. I did not know who I was. I was not able to 
hold on to who I was around them. And I found myself blaming all of them and resenting all of them for not seeing me for who I truly was, even though I didn't know who I truly was. And accepting me and loving me for who I truly was, even though I was not acting as the person that I truly was. When you're in the closet as many years as I was, people don't even know who you are. Like, I, I look back on old pictures of me, like, oh, I saw a picture of myself with my dreadlocks the other day, and like, oh, I love her, I love her, I love her. But I felt so sad for her because that girl did not know who she was. And the dreadlocks, and the clothes, and the hippie look, and all of that was like me grasping onto an identity to show the world so that I could just like be categorized for them and like live that way. When none of that was me. None of that was me. So... When you're angry at your family for not loving you the way that you want them to love you, even though you have not been authentic with them most of your life because they raised you in a world where your authenticity wasn't a safe place to live, you cannot resent them. You cannot resent your family for not seeing you and loving you for who you truly are when you do not know who you truly are and you are not sharing with them or showing them who you truly are. And you're actually just sharing with them and showing them an extremely wounded, hurt version of yourself. And what do we do? We blame our parents for all of it. You guys, I'm over that. There's this TikTok trend of people like lighting their candle and then passing it to their mom and their mom blows it out. And then they light their candle again and they pass it to their dad and their dad blows it out. And I was just like, nah, I'm so done telling this story that it's my, my parents' fault that I'm so fucked up. Like, I'm so done telling that story because I've healed all of that. My parents, they definitely fucked up here and there. They know that. But they were humans. They were doing the absolute fucking best that they could. And for me, in my late 20s, to continue to blame them for my struggles doesn't make me an adult. If I'm still blaming my parents for my struggles as a 28-year-old adult, then I'm not an adult. I'm still a teenager, and I'm still blaming them, and I'm still living under their parentheses, parentheses, quotes, control, right? So, my three years away from them, what did I do? I got really serious about my Buddhist practices. I started going to therapy. I started... Uh, financially taking care of myself. I no longer could ask them for help. I had to learn to pay all of my own bills, get everything set up in my own name. I had to start creating family with my friends and with the, you know, the girls that I was dating and with my Buddhist community. They became my family. You know, my llamas became my dad. And I, I had to really find my own way in the world. And then when the pandemic happened, it was like, you know, I, don't, I think this might have happened for a lot of people. It was like, okay, I think it's time for me to start working on my relationship with my family again because I don't want to go my whole life without having them around. And what I realize is that I am now a strong person. I am now a strong, sovereign woman with a healthy nervous system. That's number one, you guys. A healthy nervous system. If you're having a meltdown from being in your family's presence after an hour, after a couple of hours, your nervous system is not strong enough to be around them. And that's when my advice as a professional would be to take time away from them. If your nervous system is wrecked before, during, and after spending time with your family, stop blaming them for that. Go spend time away from them, heal your nervous system, and then come back being a strong, embodied, adult, chill person 
that I know you are. Because what I realized, you know, for me, I ended that three years by doing therapy with my dad and my stepmom and being able to sit in a room with them and hold on to my peace and hold on to my sense of calm and hear them say the same old hurtful things that they were always saying before, but realizing I have a choice. Am I gonna let this destroy me? Or am I going to accept that this is the way that they are and I'm gonna let this go? It's been three years, they're still this way, they're still saying the same things they used to say that hurt me, and I can either choose to say, they're never gonna get it, fuck them, I'm never talking to them again, or I can say, this is just how they are, they may never get it, but maybe if they spend more time getting to know who I really am now, they will start to get it. And what happened is that A, they did start to get it. They started to see me for who I really was. They started to see the growth that I had put myself through in those years away from them. And they started to realize that I am a grown ass woman who takes care of herself, who lives a very peaceful, loving, steady existence. I no longer felt like the burden. I no longer felt like the problem because I was taking care of myself. And I was also able to bring so much more presence to my sisters and to my parents. And I was able to just be with them in a way that I couldn't before, which, you know, it does make me so sad that I wasn't able to be there for them before because I was so wrapped up in my own suffering. And this is what happens, especially for young queer people. We get so, we're so hurt. We're so hurt that you raised me in a world that told me I wasn't okay. You raised me in a world that told me I was disgusting. You didn't protect me. You didn't keep me safe. And instead of seeing how much our family might be suffering in their own world, we resent them, we make them the villains, we make ourselves the victim, and then we stay in that like child energy of like, you didn't protect me and now I hate you. When really I had to blossom out of that, grow up and say, I took amazing care of myself, I've protected myself, I'm a grown woman now and I wanna have this relationship with my family as an adult, not as a kid who feels so wounded, right? I'm not a kid anymore. But that was all some really gnarly like internal work that I had to do on myself. But there's something very specific here that I started doing that I want you all who resonate with my story to start doing. What if, what if you actually perfectly belong in your family? What if you so perfectly and beautifully belong exactly who you are in your family? And what if they love you so much? What if they deeply, deeply love you. And I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say they probably do. Your parents and your siblings probably love you so much more than you will ever be able to understand, believe, internalize all of this. But when we are so wounded as children, especially as queer people, we start to look for evidence that we are not loved. We start to look for evidence that they're not okay with me being gay. We start to look for evidence that I am making them uncomfortable. We start to look for evidence that I am indeed a burden and I wanna validate all of these little wounds and all of these little stories inside of myself. But what if, what if they truly do love you? And what if you made it your mission this season to look for the ways in which they truly love you? Look for the proof that they truly love you. So option one may be my nervous system is so wrecked around my family, I gotta take a break from them and do my healing shit so that I can come back to my family as a more whole, authentic, embodied being. But once you do that, can you start telling yourself the story that they love me so much and I belong here? This isn't spiritual bypassing, this isn't lying to yourself, this is looking for evidence that what if they really do love me? Because I'm gonna say that they do. I'm gonna say that they do. 
If they're still in your life, they, it's probably because they really, really love you. If you have gotten your family so far out of your life, it's maybe because the love wasn't actually there. But I want you to start carrying this belief, what if they really do love me? And I started doing this. I started doing this and I started finding evidence of the ways that my parents and my siblings showed me that they loved me. And I started noticing it. Oh, that's their way to show me their love. I feel it. Oh, and you get a little, hmm. Oh, that's, that's how he shows me that he's thinking about me. Oh, I see it. I see it. Oh, that's so sweet. And before I know it, I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm getting more texts saying, hi, sweetheart, love you, thinking of you, hope you're well. More FaceTime calls. Jane, how are you? You're doing amazing. We're so proud of you. More and more and more evidence where we place our attention brings more awareness, brings more into the quantum. And I started looking everywhere I looked. I was like, oh my God, my family loves me. Like they really love me. And I was so wounded before that I couldn't see it. There was no way for me to see it. There was absolutely no way for me to see that they loved me because I was so deep in my wounds. But now that I've healed and become a sovereign, authentic being, it doesn't hurt so bad because I'm actually seeing how much they love me. And I really feel it, you guys. Like, I get texts from my parents all the time just saying, like, thinking of you, loving you, you know? I can't wait to call them and be like, you guys, this is what I did in Mexico. Like, oh my gosh, I'm having the best time. I don't want to come home for Christmas. I'm sorry. And they're like, that's fine. Like, we're so proud of you. And there were times this summer, you guys, when I was so lonely and so deep in my heartbreak that the only thought that would keep my head above water was my mom loves me. My dad loves me. My stepmom loves me. I love me, my mom loves me, my dad loves me, my stepmom loves me, and I love me. And literally, I was naming my parents that they love me. If no one else loves me, my parents love me, and I know that my parents love me. And this belief that my parents love me was like so comforting to my soul when I was in those like deepest moments of isolation. And this is coming from someone who thought she was a burden, thought her parents wished that they had never had her, all of these stories that I had about my family, okay? So you can heal your family dynamic, but we have to take away these obligations. If you don't want to spend time with them this year, then don't. Just don't. Start setting boundaries of what you want to do. If you keep telling yourself stories that they don't love you, work on that. If your nervous system is a wreck when you're around your family, work on that. Because the holidays should be a time to celebrate. They should be a time to do whatever you want to do. The year has ended we have just put so much work into the capitalist machine and we deserve to take some time off for ourselves and those that we love in the way that we want to. I don't care what your aunt and uncle's tradition are. I don't care what your grandparents expect you to do. It's about you and your own healing. And if every time you're with your family, you're just poking all those old wounds in your body, this is your sign, babe. It's time to take some space, okay? So that's something I've been really coming into awareness with is like, even though I'm far away from my family and I'm not talking to them as much as I did when I lived in Salt Lake, I feel how loved I am by them because I carry that story that they love me so much and that they're proud of me and that if there's something otherwise going on, they're going to tell me. They're going to let me know. But until then, I'm going to keep living in this reality that my parents fucking love me and my siblings fucking love me even when they're bitches. <laughs> 
the love is still there, right? That's family. So yeah, I'm gonna spend this year in Tulum because I am so grounded here, you guys, and that's kind of the other energetic of this story that I wanted to share. I'm so grounded here. Like, you guys, I've been here for October, November, December, close to three months now, and I'm realizing that I am falling in love with Tulum. Like, I am falling so hard in love with the town of Tulum. When I first got here, I wasn't sure because it was it was so challenging, honestly. You get here and it's just so challenging. The energy here is, it kind of like shakes you a little bit as you land. It's kind of like boom, 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 boom. Like someday when I tell you guys the story of what happened at fruition and then what happened when I landed here in Mexico and then what happened the week after and then what happened the week after, like all of that is still so private. So much of what has happened here in Tulum is so private and so personal. But what I can share is that I, as soon as I got here, it was like Tulum looked at me and was like, are you gonna take care of your own shit? Are you gonna take care of yourself? Are you gonna like be the man of your own life? Because in Tulum, there's really not a lot of people here to help you. Like you're really on your own. You gotta find water, you gotta find transportation, you gotta get through the dirt roads, you gotta, you gotta figure out how you're gonna live here. And it's not for the faint of heart, and it's not for the people who aren't ready to be faced with their own shit. So there's something so grounding about this town, this like geographic part of Mexico specifically, like it's in the land itself, I believe, and it's in the culture. Like we have the ancient ruins here, we have the indigenous Mayan culture here, and, and you, you feel that groundedness. And you get here and you're, it's so grounding, the energy here, that like all of your shit comes up to the surface and it like comes up to right here. And people respond to that shit coming up to the surface in a variety of different ways, right? You've got the people who don't last, you got the people who don't even make it to Tulum in the first place, but you got the people here who don't last and they're like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. This place is crazy because they're not ready to see all their bullshit that's risen to the surface. You got the people that get here and they see all their bullshit rise to the surface and they just go fucking hard. There is a lot of partying going on here. There is so much partying. If you want to drink and do drugs and go on a bender and completely lose yourself, Tulum is for you. And then we've got the other crowd of the people who are like, I'm here for the spiritual experience. I'm here for it. And they go and they do all of the spiritual things, the yoga, the Reiki, the cacao sessions, the new age, white spiritual stuff that is also happening a lot here. And people have their own healing journeys while they're here. They figure out their own paths while they're here. Whether they fall into the right side of the party scene or they fall into the left side of the hyper spiritual, almost out of touch side. And I have found myself falling into my own space where obviously I'm not in the party scene, but I'm also not in this like spiritual side. I thought that I would like connect with a lot of the people here when I got here and I'm realizing I'm wanting to be alone a lot, like a lot, a lot. Like I'm having to accept that I might have thought I would come to Tulum and like meet a bunch of really cool people like myself. And you know, it's only been a couple of months. The friends that I have made here are incredible friends. And also I'm here on my own spiritual journey by myself to be with myself. 
And if I meet you and it just doesn't feel like you're supposed to be a part of that, I'm not going to grasp onto that. I'm going to be okay with my solitude. And I've actually, you know, I was planning on this journey being a lot different than it was. I've spent way more time alone than I was expecting to while I've been here. And at the same time, it's been the best thing for me because I did not escape the bullshit coming up to the surface. I did not escape it, but I sat in it. And the amount of days and nights that I have spent alone here, just sitting in it, the amount of all of my bullshit, all of my trauma that has come to the surface right here to go, hey Jane, are you gonna look at this? Are you gonna look at this? Are you gonna keep healing this? Cause we're showing you where you still need to work. We're showing you all of it. You know, I, I think about like people who do combo, all of your toxins come out of you to be purged and it's like a super detoxifying experience. I feel like emotionally, energetically, that's what Tulum has been doing to me. And it's like grounding the fuck out of me. And it's looking at me and saying, are you going to be the real version of who you are? Or are you gonna dance in these little make-believe realms where everyone else is dancing? Or are you gonna be fucking grounded, human, in your body, on the spiritual experience, keeping it as real and as authentic and as down to earth and as Jane as possible. And I'm realizing that's what Tulum has done for me. I have been hit with some bullshit while I've been here, you guys. Some friends doing things that I never thought friends would do, some family members doing things that I never thought they would do, some scenarios playing out that I just can't believe I'm living through again. But what I'm realizing is this steadiness within me, this groundedness of, I don't care what kind of trauma is happening in my life right now. I don't care what kind of nightmares I've been having every night. I'm gonna wake up every morning. I'm gonna make my coffee. I'm gonna sit down in my prayers. I'm gonna do my yoga practice. I'm gonna journal. And then by noon, I'm gonna be ready to work. And the more grounded that I am, the more true to myself I am, the more clarity that I have, the more that's gonna show up in my work and the better that I'm gonna serve all of these people in my world, in my community. What's happening internally in my world is being expressed externally through all of these clients I support, all of these classes I'm teaching, all of these students I'm having, all of the content that I'm making, my TikTok, my Instagrams, my emails, my podcasts. All of that is coming out and there's no veil anymore. Fruition destroyed the veil that was kind of keeping me separate. And I'm just, you know, yesterday I was in deep heartbreak. Like I was deep in my grief. I sat here and I just cried over the heartbreak that I have been going through that I wasn't expecting to go through while I was here. But I realized like Tulum, this, this town is holding me. And it's like, hey, you're safe here. We love you. You're fine. You're here and everything is good. And I'm just like, here. I'm just like, oh, I'm one of those people who came to Tulum, had a spiritual fucking experience and decided to stay for as long as she can. And like, it's just crazy. Like I really wasn't expecting this. I thought I'd be here for a season and it would be fun. And I'd be like, yeah, Tulum wasn't for me. I'm gonna keep on wandering, but I just love it here. And the friends that I have cultivated here means so much to me. If, if you're listening, you know, the friends, the very few friends that I have had here in Tulum means so much to me. And I really hope that I meet more people that have this groundedness and this rootedness and this ability to look their own bullshit in the eyes and heal it. 
Because I'm just seeing so many wounded leaders out there leading from a wounded place. And, you know, as I was going through this heartbreak this week, I was teaching the heart chakra. And I kept on, before I would teach, I would just tune in and I would just say, please do not allow me to project my pain into my classes right now. Please allow me to serve from a clear wisdom mind. Buddha, please speak for me today because what's happening in here ripples out to everybody. And I am holding space for way too many people to let my own inner bullshit ripple out and affect anyone poorly. And what I had to learn is that sometimes from that tender space is when we can give the most wisdom and give the most pure teachings, remembering that everything is just love and everyone is just suffering in their own way. And that heartbreak is the cost of love. Grief is the price we pay for loving others. And I would never give that up. And then I am just constantly reminded that I love deeply and I feel deeply. And anyone who tells me that my feelings are stupid and that they don't want to deal with them doesn't see how beautiful that is. And I don't need them. Tulum has really taught me to listen to myself. It's really said to me, are you going to listen to yourself? Are you strong enough to get yourself through this? What I've realized is that there's so much like, it's not that there's chaos here, but like you never know what's going to happen next. Like just the other day I was leaving my beach club and I'm walking down the street to where I always park my scooter and I get there and there is no scooter in the parking lot. And I'm just like, my heart starts pounding and I'm like, oh, it do be that way. This is Tulum. This is Tulum. This day is about to turn, take a very unexpected turn because my scooter is gone and I have no idea where it could be. My heart starts pounding. I'm like, did it get stolen? I'm like, there's no way it got stolen. No. People here aren't going to steal my scooter. Like I was just like, there's no way it got stolen. Like I just, I, the people here are such amazing people. Not to say that there's like no criminals in this town and that scooters never get stolen. But like, I was just like, there's no way somebody stole my scooter. And I just like let go of that belief. And I was like, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find this scooter. And I walk into the store where I normally pay the guy to park and there's a girl there. And I'm like, donde esta mi moto? Mi moto azul. And she's like, uh, I don't know. And she like goes to get the guy and I'm like still walking around just like I'm like looking behind things, seeing if it's just been like placed right behind something. And then the security from Panamera walks over and he's like speaking to me in Spanish. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. We put your scooter back here. And he just like pushes this gate open and there's my scooter sitting there. And he's like, it's more safe back here. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. And that's something that I really love about this town. Um, and you know, this is a very privileged thing. But when I go to these beach clubs, it's their job to make sure that everyone is safe. At these beach clubs in Tulum, there are men in every corner with guns keeping an eye on everybody. And I've been realizing that everywhere I go in Tulum, someone has their eye on me in a way to make sure that I'm safe. And that security guard who sees me go to Panamera at least three times a week watched me and probably went, mm, I don't think that that's the safest place for her to leave her bike. I'm just gonna go ahead and take care of this for her and then make sure she finds her bike when she's on her way out. And I was like, of course it wasn't stolen. I'm being taught here that anything, that, and if it was stolen, I would deal with that. I would just deal with that. I'd be like, okay, it was stolen. What are we going to do? We got to go find some money. We got to go make some money. We got to go buy a new bike. We got to go deal with this. It do be that way. But of course that wasn't the case. And this place is just like, I think that there's a game happening right now. 
because there's a lot of screaming going on. But like, I think the thing that I love the most about living here is the genuine happiness and love that I feel from the locals here. And I get it. Like, we're invading their space. This place is developing like crazy. All of a sudden, there's like a crosswalk on Kukulkan, and I'm like, not a crosswalk, a, a stoplight. Like an actual stoplight. And I pull up to it, and I'm stopped there at the red light, and I'm like, what's going on here? Why, why are we stopped? This is normally like when I say my prayers and hope to cross safely. And it literally took me like the entire five minutes of sitting at that red light to be like, oh my God, there's a light here. They installed a light in this intersection and that's why we're stopped right now. Like, wow, this place is developing so quickly. I think that it's all good. I think that we're living in a globalized world where people are wanting to flee their homes and move all over the world. And I have yet to meet a person here who has a problem with me living here. There might be people who don't live here that have a problem with me living here. I totally understand why it might be problematic. There's definitely gentrification happening here. But to walk around and say buen dia to every person I see and to see their smile and their kindness. That when I order food, the, the delivery driver is like, hola, como estas? Like just big smile. And that if, if my bike broke down in the middle of the road or if my bike got stolen randomly, I could walk up to anyone and say, oh my God, por favor, yo necesito ayudar. Like my, my, my bike is gone. Like I need help. I'm, I'm scared. I'm not okay. As a solo traveler, I would never ever recommend asking anyone for help or ever looking helpless at all. But here in Tulum, like the people are different. The locals are different. They're just so joyful and happy and harmless. And I've gotten so many messages from people asking me, is it safe there? I heard it's this, I heard it's that. And I'm like, yo, low key, all of that is racist. I'm so sorry. Like everything that people have to say about Mexico, they're probably talking about the border. And let me just be so clear with you. The border, the south border of the United States is one of the most dangerous places in the world. The rest of Mexico is not the border. So the rest of Mexico is like fucking beautiful. And yeah, it's different here. The dirt roads suck. The water isn't pure. All of these things, things are hard to get. It's hard to get your packages, blah, 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 whatever. I am living such a simple life right now. I'm living such a simple life. My rent is cheap. My food is cheap. I drive around on a scooter. If it's raining, I stay home. I don't buy a lot. I really don't buy anything because I don't want to have to put it in my suitcase when I leave. Like, I don't need much. I've got a couple books to read. I've got a laptop I can watch TV on. I've got an ocean. Like, I've got a couple of friends. And the simplicity of my life here, the groundedness, the way that I can just wake up, do my prayers, do my yoga, go to the beach. There's no resistance. I'm not struggling anymore. And I'm also no longer reaching for wanting to be somewhere else. I'm not wishing that I were in another country. I'm not planning my next trip. I'm not wishing I were making more money. I'm not trying to get to where that girl is. I feel like, especially this last week, like something in me has woken up and been like, Jane, you have created everything you ever wanted. And in Sanskrit, we have this word called santosh. I've been talking about Sanskrit on my TikTok a lot lately. Santosh, this idea of contentment. And I never really understood that. I would always think, I'll never be content. I'll never be content because I'm always growing. I'm always evolving. And what I realized is that once you're on this path, you, you don't turn back. 
you don't turn back and stop evolving. As long as you stay moving forward and devoted to your path and not let your demons take you down, like I have seen happen to so many people that I love, and I have seen almost happen to me, but I have kept my head above water. I'm not letting my demons take me down. I'm staying awake with my eyes wide open as, was, as to what's happening in front of me. You can experience this beautiful, deep sense of Santosh and continue to grow and evolve in that space. So right now, I'm just like, I'm just so content. Business is good. My clients are thriving. Money is flowing. My friendships the ones that are meant to fall apart are falling apart and the ones that are meant to get stronger are getting stronger. I have met the most incredible, amazing woman in the world and you guys, she wants me to keep being free. She doesn't want to possess me. She doesn't want to take me away from this life that I'm living. She wants to just love me and keep me free. She said to me last night, your freedom is my number one priority and loving me should be your second priority. Listening to your heart and what you want to do with your life should always come number one and I will always be second to that. And I just started blushing so hard. I was like, wow, you really know how to love me. Because that's just it. I just want freedom for all of us. I want all of us to be so liberated. And right now, I just feel more free than I ever have in my life. And I feel more grounded. I'm not free in my chaos. Freedom does not mean chaos. It does not mean jumping all over the world. It does not mean changing your mind every five seconds. That's not freedom. Freedom is feeling grounded, feeling sure of yourself, feeling clear and steady, feeling like you know who you are and you know where you're headed, and feeling like if you ever found yourself in a situation you didn't want to be in, you just leave it and you just move on and you just fix it. Today, I wake up alone in Tulum on a rainy Sunday morning and I'm just happier than I could have ever imagined being. And I have gleaned so much wisdom in this season. I have faced myself in so many ways that I didn't want to face myself. And what I've realized is that none of it's that scary. So many of us are afraid to go down this healing path because we're afraid of what we're gonna see. So we wanna like kind of walk through life like this. So many people are afraid to come and get Akashic Records readings from me because they're afraid I'm going to Show them something that they weren't ready to see. Whatever that thing is that you're afraid to see, you're already seeing it, it's already there, and looking at it directly in the face actually isn't that scary. The fear and the um, intensity of the pain that you think is going to happen when you start your healing journey is actually worse than the healing itself. The fear of what you may find out about yourself, the fear of what you may see that you don't wanna see is much worse than actually just seeing and realizing it's not that bad. It's not that scary. The demons you have to face in yourself, they're just these fluffy little monsters that can be tamed with a strong heart. That's why I teach resilience in the heart, heart coherency, strength in the heart, so that we can know that we are strong enough to face these things and heal and get to this place where you're just like, hmm, I'm good, I'm healed. And why is being an enlightened lesbian so important? To me, it's so important to heal my trauma and to be an enlightened lesbian because that way I know that I'm not passing my suffering onto anybody else. I'm not passing my trauma and my suffering onto anyone that I date. I'm not passing my suffering and my trauma onto my little siblings, my little sisters. I'm not passing my suffering and trauma and blaming it on my parents, keeping me in a cycle of victimhood. I'm not passing any of my trauma onto my students and my clients and the people around me. And that gives me so much confidence to go out into the world and just love 
so deeply and just open my heart to all people and know that even though I'm opening my heart to all people, that might lead to them breaking my heart, that might lead to them hurting me, I might even feel taken advantage of at times, but I know deep down who I am, I know deep down that I'm healed and I trust in myself. I really trust in myself and who I am and who I've become to take amazing care of me and all of the little Janes that live inside of me. And it's just a really nice place to be. <sighs> just watch the clock hit one hour and I think that's really all I have to say. If you're listening and you're just feeling into my journey and you're resonating with it or you're wanting, you know, guidance, support, love, mentorship. I don't care if you're a healer, a guide, a coach, a wannabe coach. I'm helping a lot of people who want to be coaches get to the place where you can be a coach because you can't just decide you're a coach one day. I'm so sorry. You cannot just decide I'm a coach now. I'm going to put it on my Instagram name and I'm going to get clients. I see so many people do that and wonder why they're not getting clients. It's because they're not embodied as a healer yet. It's because they're not embodied as a coach yet. They haven't created trust with their audience yet. They don't have a message yet. They don't have an offering yet. And so many people come to me after doing these courses to become a coach and they're like, why don't I have clients yet? And I'm like, oh, here's all the work you need to do before you're actually ready for that. Not anyone can be a coach. You have to go through so much embodiment work and leadership work and showing up selflessly with deep integrity before you're ready to call yourself a coach. So I do feel like this year, as I launch this new program, um, I'm certifying meditation teachers, Reiki healers, and Akashic Records readers in a new healer school that I'm going to be launching um, in January. And I plan on disrupting the coaching industry a lot because there's a lot of inauthenticity that I'm seeing out there, a lot of toxicity, a lot of wounded leaders leading young people, and things need to change. Sometimes I'm disgusted by the industry that I work in and then I'm like, oh, that's why I'm in this industry. I've disrupted the yoga industry as best as I can. I will be disrupting the coaching industry as best as I can. But if you're listening to this and you want some high-level support to become the embodied healer that you know you are, to become a better yoga teacher who makes more money, to finally be a coach who has an offering who will get their first clients, or really any other way that you feel like I could mentor you and support you, I now have this big gaping opening in my season. With that, I have it's a four-month container. You get two calls a month. It's eight calls total. And with that, you get me on Telegram. So Monday through Friday, you can voice message me all day long and get my support. And then you also get access to Sunrise, my virtual yoga studio. So heads up, Sunrise is going through a little bit of a makeover since I'm no longer teaching live Sunrise classes. I've reduced the price of my Sunrise membership to $33 a month. So I'll link that in the show notes so that if you want to get into Sunrise, you want to start your yoga and meditation journey in 2023, $33 a month. That's a dollar and a cent a day. I'm going to leave the link in there. And um, I've, I've set it up so that once you sign up, you can click start here and it's going to take you through seven days of classes that are going to get you off your ass back into your practice of yoga and meditation. There's also a lot of great journaling rituals on there. There's over 200 videos all focused on yoga and meditation. 
but my my mentees my one-on-ones they get access to that for free they also get access to my one-on-one mentorship portal where i'm basically making all kinds of high level content that's just for them whether it's the energetics of finance and budgeting all the way over here to like how to open and close the akashic records um, my one-on-ones i make content especially for you and your needs so if you're feeling like you're meant to spend this season with me moving into the new year starting 2023 in a really really sacred container with me i'll leave my link to hop on a free call with me i offer a free 30 minute coaching call and you can hop on there and we can spend 30 minutes just getting clear on like why do you want to work with me what can i do for you what kind of goals do we want to set what is it that you need and what can I promise you that I will hold you accountable for during our four months or six months or year together, depending on what it is that you're needing. My one-on-one -on -one clients are seriously like the highlight of my life. You know what else is the highlight of my life? We're just getting into a little advertising section. So Meditation Mastery, we just finished it, you guys. And I gotta say, I keep asking myself, why was this specific group so magical? And there's something I'm learning about the energy that you're in when you're launching a program and when you're calling those people in. And while I was launching Meditation Mastery, I was also just being so loved by this new person, this new woman that I'm with. She was just supporting me every day in this in this mission, right? And my work. And and I I just was in such a deeply aligned, integrated, devoted space during that launch. I was feeling so loved. There was no effort to the launch. I was just flowing with it. I just was moving through it in a way that felt fun and exciting and playful. And everything about my days was just playful and, and, and in service. And I get onto the first call with these 16 people that signed up and I'm just like, this is a portal of incredibly warm and loving people. And those of you who are in the group, like you felt it too. Like I didn't even let you guys like talk on the calls because we were meditating, but the group chat, like you all just became so close and you all just became such best friends that at the end of the six weeks, like I was like, I need this. Like this Wednesday night group has been supporting me so much. And you girls and Noah were like, we want more. Can we please keep this going? And I was like, you know what? We're going to keep this going. We're going to keep this going. We're going to do a meditation mastery level two. We're going to start the first week of January and we're going to go into another six weeks of meditating together every Wednesday night. But this time we're going to crank it up a bit. We're going to make it a little bit more advanced, a little bit more intermediate. And I'm designing a whole new level two program for you guys to take you deeper into your meditation but i feel like this group like yes we're meditating but also it's so much about the togetherness i meditate alone every day and then i notice how nice it feels to meditate when i have someone sitting with me to meditate and then i notice how nice it feels when i'm sitting to meditate and i have 16 girls over zoom meditating with me and then i feel how nice it feels to meditate when i am in a big old temple full of hundreds of people meditating with me. so if you're sick of meditating alone and you're feeling like it's not getting you where you want to be come and join meditation mastery i'll also put the link for that in the bio it's 111 dollars for six weeks that's about 18 dollars a class or you can make two payments of 65 one month at a time to um if that like feels better to you energetically <sighs> 
You guys, I just love the work that I do. I am so goddamn lucky that this is what I get to do, that the work that I do, it makes me feel better. It makes me feel alive. It makes me feel blissed out. It makes me feel so inspired. I don't want to be that person that's sitting here going, look at how beautiful my life is. Come and work with me and I'm going to show you how to live my life. No. I just want you, I want to share this feeling of santosh with you. I want to share this feeling of steadiness, contentment, inner resolve, this trust I have in myself, this belief I have in myself, this inner creative entrepreneur that is just creating the life she wants to live and not really caring what the rules are. I want to show you what happens when you really open your heart and do this healing work. And that's what I'm here to do. Whether you want to go into a high-level mentorship with me that's like up here, big investment, big serious, you know, if you never worked with me before, maybe you want to get in on something a little bit more surface level, like my sunrise program or meditation mastery. Maybe you're not ready to dive in at that high level, but I invite you, you know, whether it's just listening to this free podcast every week and feeling my love and my support, or whether it's joining one of my containers to really start actually taking your healing journey forward into a direction and manifesting a community around you that loves you and wants to support you on that journey. These women that are in my world, they're just the, ah, they're just the best. And I pray to my guide, Guru Rinpoche, every day, asking that I can be the best healer, the best leader, the most aligned big sister for all of you. I think my biggest fear is waking up one day and realizing that I've lost my way. But I know that all of you, are going to keep me on my path. I know that if you guys see me spiraling out, one of you is going to call me out. I don't think anyone's going to let me drown in my own bullshit. But also, I trust in myself to pull me out of it myself, right? This world I live in, I just see so many people losing their way, falling out of alignment, following someone that isn't aligned, following other wounded healers and false gurus. And I think that's why I haven't made a lot of friends here, because the answers aren't outside of yourself. They're inside of yourself. And sometimes we just need to surround ourselves with people who honor our truth and allow us to fully embody and live in that truth. And I guess that's what I want to be able to do. I want you to be able to come into my space and tell me all the things about who you are and all of the things that you're ashamed of about who you are. And I just want to love them. And I just want to say, I love all of those things about you. I love your suffering. I love your trauma. I love the difficult days that you've gone through. I love the things that you want to hide from the world because all of that is rich, precious soil that's making you the person that you are today. It's making you the strong and loving soul that you are. And the wisdom that you have from surviving all of these days you've survived up until now, that's what you're here to give to the world. That's the gift you get to share with the world. I keep on writing in my journal, I want to open one million hearts. I want to touch one million lives. And if there's seven billion people on this earth, and if one million people did meditation practice, if one million people did compassion practice, opening their heart chakras for one hour, one day, at once, I think that the whole energy of the earth could change. And I already can tell that there's gonna be people out there on TikTok and Instagram who tell me that I'm insane for thinking that. But I think that's just part of my purpose. I don't think it's everyone's purpose, but I think it's part of my purpose to touch one million lives and to open one million heart chakras. 
And even if there's only 50 of you listening to this podcast right now, if you touch 50 people and those 50 people touch 50 people, like, I know that this message is potent enough to get out there. I know that I'm here to change the world and so grateful that I get to wake up every day and do exactly that. And all of you who are listening are the reason why I get to do this. I'm so grateful for you. I love you so much. And I would love to answer like advice questions, you know, dating questions, queer questions, spiritual questions on this segment. So I will put my email and my Instagram also in the show notes. If you have specific questions for me that you would like for me to answer on the show, if you want to give, if you want me to give you specific coaching, specific advice on what you're going through in terms of our queer healing journey, whether you're queer or not, you're included in this conversation. I would love to hear from you. I will probably not be providing another episode for you guys until the new year is over. We will have our new lineup of guests for 2023 and the show must go on, right? So I love you so much. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful holiday season. Sign up for Sunrise. Join us in Meditation Mastery. Apply for my last high-level mentor position if you feel like you're the one who's meant to take it. I love you all so much. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. And remember to go out and just share your love. The world needs it. And I love you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it felt inspiring to your being. Please share this show with someone who you think might need to hear this message today. Spread the love and spread the light. And if you really loved it, you can leave us a rating and a review so that even more cool homies can tune into this show as well. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one or joining one of my programs like Sunrise or Sanctuary, check out my website, janelion.me. Links are all in the show notes. May you go into the world today and be more kind, more compassionate, and more loving towards yourself and others than you were yesterday. And I love you. And I cannot wait to see you for the next episode.